the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking money, investing, and more. I was barely alive when the Vietnam War was happening. I don't remember it. I don't remember the headline news of how many people died that day, what sort of battles there were, what sort of journals were quoted. I don't remember it. But there had to be some headline news every night with Dan, rather. What's the frequency, Kenneth, from the, from the front lines of Vietnam? It had to suck. It had to get to the point of, like, I can't believe I have to come home and turn this on the news again. Young men dying. That's my commentary on war. Thank you very much. Same thing is happening with coronavirus, where every day we come home, turn on the news, and, whoa, how many people? And then there's, like, this cute human interest story of, like, um, cute human interest story of, Oh, the Italians are getting together on their balcony and they're singing opera for a thank you for the, all the healthcare workers. Cute. I get it. But it can be very grinding, the headline news, right? We seem to be over that in the United States for now when it comes to the stock market. I only talk about the stock market. I'm not talking about the Red Cross. I'm not talking about um, anything other than the stock market. I'm not talking about COVID. When I talk about COVID, I'm talking about business shutdown. I'm only talking about the stock market and economy, okay? So don't get too profound with me on political issues. The markets opened a little lower today. Then they went a little bit higher. And now they're the S&P 500 is down less than one point, one-third of one point. And today's first lesson is sometimes sideways is not down. Two weeks ago, we were in a down, down, down market. One week ago, we were in an up, up, up market. I'm okay if we could find a, like, a little bit of sideways because then the, the people who are sellers are fatigued. They're gone. The people who are doomsayers, they're tired of waiting for the doom, and they leave. So the buyers can slowly come back and kind of pick over the, the corpses, so to speak, both literally and figuratively. Uh, the businesses, businesses are technically identified by the IRS as people, and there will be some corpses in that industry. Uh, yesterday, we were talking a lot about Macy's. It looks like they're they're struggling to stay relevant, and this didn't help. So, sideways is not down, and that's a good thing. Um, the numbers are no longer shocking. And that, too, is ultimately a good thing for the economy and the stock market. We're hearing Trump say 100,000 deaths would be okay. And some doctors are saying it's probably going to be closer to 200,000. And we're digesting it. The markets are sideways today. 
I think last I saw the numbers were around 3,000. So we got a long way to go, right? And those headlines will become fatiguing. The question is, are we going to be in a services economy that snaps back? For instance, I'm going to need a haircut. I don't have a lot of hair, but also I don't want to look like that crazy uncle who is doing a comb over way before he should be doing a comb over. I don't mind having some thinning on my head. But that job is going to come back. I can tinker with a razor. I can kind of like clean myself up a little bit, but I'm not going out in public like this. Um, I think massage is going to come back. I think um, a service like divorce is going to come back after spending lockup with our spouses. There's either going to be babies or there's going to be divorces. I'm not kidding is the sad, sad part. I can't wait to sit down with a, at a restaurant again. That's going to be like new for me. I know you're saying, come on, big fat boy. You're a little too puffy to want to sit at a restaurant. Try to lose some weight. Like You're going to be the only person that there was a pandemic and we ran out of food. and Somehow Rob gained weight. The buffet was open. Wait, I wasn't supposed to go to a buffet. Well, you know what I'm saying. Facebook's higher today. Alphabet's higher today. Visa's higher today. Uh, Visa's slightly lower. I'm, I'm sorry. There was some research out earlier this week, like Monday, that said something along the lines of when buyers do come back, they're going to go after familiar names like Alphabet and Google and Apple and Visa, things that they've wanted to own. They won't necessarily go into Ascend Communications when you could own Cisco. Why go for the second best if you kind of get my thought? Back half of the year is going to be fant- f- fabulous to look at. How much spending comes back? How much of our stimulus check goes to Apple and goes to Xboxes, right? Um, for some people, that's just they just nailed it. CFP Chad Burton's put together a real nice, informative uh, package on how to take advantage of the benefits the government's giving each and every one of us. Um, small businesses are what Chad's particularly focused on, but there's a lot of information on how to apply for information. Um, get in line because it's a first come first serve kind of situation. You can contact Chad at chat at newfocusfinancial.com. That's his email, chad at newfocusfinancial.com. Stocks are resuming their declines, kind of going in and out of up and down today. So it's very, very sideways to me. We are seeing some evidence out of Visa that Americans are cutting back on their spending. Um, And yet the economic data out there for January pre-COVID, home price growth accelerated at the start of 2020. Again, some of the markets that were close to California uh, seem to be the big winners in the last couple years. Uh, Satellite areas of California, um, i.e. Phoenix, Seattle, Portland, Denver, San Diego, to a lesser extent. I know San Diego is part of California. Don't correct me or I will freak out on you. Um, but as people are leaving the bigger cities, sometimes they're just rolling that appreciation into a new home, into a new market. So Phoenix up 6.9%. Tampa was a big winner. I like Tampa. Um, it seems like it would be a good place to retire in. It's got some spicy food. It's got some sunsets. It's got some, uh, tax benefits, but I don't know Tampa well enough, but they're doing nicely. Notice on that. That list of 
uh, winners, it's a lot of mid-sized markets. You're not seeing the oversized gains. You're seeing the oversized gains in Phoenix. You're not seeing the oversized gains in San Francisco, the city by the bay. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Stocks have turned positive, kind of bleeding in and out of positive and negative. The White House is reportedly discussing plans for Phase 4 relief bill. We're in Phase 3 at this point in time. The Fed has created new temporary repurchase facilities, so the Fed's doing what they can to keep banks and corporations liquid. That's an important thing in this time. Um, and some of the loans that are going to be going out is important so that a uh, CEO of a company, you know, they do the right thing. Um, they downsize when they have to. And that's because labor is expensive. So you're going to see some cash, cash crunches on that labor as people try to hold on to employees. You don't want to let them go if you're going to rehire them in two months. So um, being well supplied by the Fed is, is positive. So the markets this week are fighting, not up or down. They're fighting. It's a different kind of week than an up week or a down week. It's just as important. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. You can get a copy of that report that CFP Chad Burton put together at by emailing him, chad at newfocusfinancial.com. It's chad at newfocusfinancial.com. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I'm very cynical and very sarcastic, which sometimes doesn't work in radio and television. I've never met a politician who met a tax dollar and didn't say, why, hello there. It's good to see you. You'll get on occasion the the great senator from New Orleans or the great senator from Massachusetts. I don't know New Orleans is a state. Don't correct me, otherwise I'll freak out on you. Um, On occasion, yeah, you'll get a scenario like that where, you know, we don't like budgets. We don't like deficits, but... Trump just signed for a $2 trillion economic stimulus package that Congress put together. And two days later, essentially, if, if it was signed on Friday, while he was signing it with a pen, this was awesome. He goes, I've never written anything with a T before. He then hands the pen to uh, uh, McConnell. And I'm like, he's why is he handing him a pen that he just touched? Like... He's the president. You're not supposed to pass the virus around. Anyhow, um, so Trump is, and again, this is where I'm very cynical. He's talking about he wants Congress to put $2 trillion into the infrastructure. I love that. I'm totally for that. Uh, I would like to see our roads, our bridges, our railroads, and other projects get more money. But I don't know, so close to where we are right now with corona, yeah, that's actually the best time. When interest rates are so close to zero, the federal government is lending money that we're paying back at almost no interest rate. Now is the time to stock up on debt because it's low cost. There's good debt, there's bad debt. I know you're saying, but Rob, it's stocking up on debt right when we're about to lose our jobs. The government needs that tax money to pay back that debt, sure, or we could just print it. And that's where the cynicism comes in. 
And so I've got some emails recently, like, don't you think there's going to be hyperinflation? And if I was a, an economist in the 1970s, hell yeah, I'd think there's going to be some hy- uh, hyperinflation from what we're doing as far as printing money. But we've been printing money for years and years and years and years, and I'm not seeing the hyperinflation. So that's how we did it after 9-11, and it's kind of how we've been doing it ever since. The, the numbers just got bigger after 9-11. And two trillion here, two trillion there. In theory, as you print money, you're going to create inflation as there's more money floating around. I was just asked a question like, why did the oil and gas companies load up on debt right before the big shakedown in the price of oil? They need a higher price of oil and higher price of natural gas to service that debt. Well, if you don't load up, then you can't get it. Why not get it when it's relatively cheap? Now, again, some companies are going to get it cheaper than others. If Apple wants some money to buy back stock, Wall Street's like, hell yeah, we'll lend you the money. We'll, we'll charge you 25, 50 basis points because we know you got that, that phone that you can sell. Before oil and gas companies, future demand's a little messy. Then you get into a price war between Russia and Saudi Arabia that kind of says, screw America and screw our, you know, our, our fracking industry. Can't compete with, like, just turn on the oil pipes. We actually have to go down and blow water into wells and contaminate our environment to get our natural gas and oil. So, And that's more expensive than just say, drill in that big hole. President Trump called on Congress to spend $2 trillion on U.S. infrastructure. I'm not against it. It would put a lot of people back to work on big projects that make it better for all Americans, safer for all Americans, and easier for commerce to happen. Um, it only seems like four weeks ago I was sitting in traffic for 45 to 60 minutes a day. Um, and if there was a pothole and my tire blows out, then suddenly like you could see how sitting in traffic is no bueno. It's bad for the economy. So I'm not against it. It's just, whoa. And again, it gets back to my cynicism of, do I think Pelosi and Trump will somehow begin floating ideas for an infrastructure bill that probably would help Trump's re-election. If Americans have jobs, they tend to vote that way. If you're on the fence like, hey, I just got a job you know, on the roads. I'm afraid the new president's going to take that away. Let's stay with the old president. So um, I'm very, very cynical, very cynical that Congress will spend our way out of every recession that happens in my lifetime. Then you get into this issue of, well, with the low interest rates, the stock market can have absurd valuations. Historically, we'd be like, well, the stock market should trade at 15 times future earnings because we've modeled that. But we've never modeled it at zero interest rates for a very long period of time. One of the biggest winners, you know, what's your best investment you ever made? Sometimes it wasn't you. Sometimes it was the Iraq war that caused interest rates to go down. Sometimes it was the Great Recession and the financials imploding that caused interest rates to go down. That interest rates going down allowed companies like Apple to go from a PE of 12 times earnings. Three years ago, we were looking at it and going, oh, you're an old Apple. You're 92 years old, and you're an old hardware company. And they kept borrowing money, and they kept taking their money from their dividends, and they kept rewarding shareholders, and they put it into R&D. And over the last three years, we've gone, well, they don't really need a 12 PE. Maybe they can get an 18 times PE because they're also doing music and television. When Apple Music first started, it wasn't a worthy competitor to Spotify, but now 
millions of people pay $9.99 to $14.99 a month for it. Apple TV is no great shakes, but it's there. And in a time like this, I would love to see an acquisition. When CBS falls apart, when AMC, when stock valuations go down 10, 20, 30, 40%, I want to see companies buy other companies. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. CFP Chad Burton's put together a really nice piece on the coronavirus and how to apply for aid, whether you're a small business, independent contractor, or a family of four. You can get that package by emailing Chad, chad at newfocusfinancial.com. That's chad at newfocusfinancial.com. He has sent it out only to his clients. It has not been made into a downloadable PDF, maybe one day soon. Find him at chad at newfocusfinancial.com's email. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. This is a band called The Strumbellas. And the music that they make is sometimes referred to as funeral pop. It's a crazy way of labeling a song, right? I want to talk to you about a funeral that I once went to, my dad's, and I gave the eulogy, and I had four older brothers, and they said, don't mess this up. They didn't have faith in me, and ultimately, I gave a beautiful eulogy about my father and his relationship with three women in his life, his sister, who was in an orphanage, and he was in an orphanage, his wife, my mother, um, who we met while playing on a drum line in New Orleans, and uh, during Mardi Gras, he winked at her, and next thing you know, they're married, and she's leaving small-town Mobile, Alabama for the military life of traveling the world. And there was one more person that he took care of. It was my little sister, and I did a great job, but it was a horrible time in my life. My dad passed away from cancer. It was an eventful time in my life. It was very dramatic. Um, a lot of people go like, how, you know, how did you not blow that? How did you, it turn out like, and I, you kind of rise to the occasion. Um, there was not a bit of sadness for me when my dad died. He died of, you know, complications due to cancer that started spreading in his whole body from lung cancer, from smoking and probably his exposure to working in the military. So it, most people should cry when their dad dies. Right. I didn't, I didn't process it that way. Um, a lot of people came up to me after the eulogy and was like, you know, Hey, your dad, you know, really took care of me when I first started my job. You know, he walked me down to the HR department. He told me, you know, these are the people to pay attention to. This is how you get ahead in your career. My dad had a thing of, he really helped a lot of women. I tell you this because I decided I was going to make the positive out of his death. And I, I think I became a better man. And I think that's one of the reasons I do this show. And I think I, it's one of the reasons I do a good job of getting people to accumulate wealth. When I'm supposed to be upset and crying, I took a lot of strength out of it. And I looked at his life and I kind of wanted to emulate all the positives. And I took his life and I said, I don't want to do some of the negatives. I think I've done a pretty good job of that. So very high dramatic point in my life, <clears throat> I learned something. The stock market is probably for a lot of investors the very first time because it's been 10 glorious years, it's been 20 glorious years, it's been 30 glorious years. Yes, this recent pullback feels awful, but it's supposed to. Because in the bigger picture of it, it tends to work higher 
It's not a game. Um, when we get down 50% of our transport companies, we have to say to ourselves, do we still think down the road we're going to be in airplanes? Or is that it? Every now and then I see those disaster movies, and it wasn't lost on me that uh, one of the top movies over the weekend was the movie 2012, an apocalyptic drama about the end of the earth. Because people start thinking that way. This isn't the end of the earth. This isn't the end of, of economies around the world. This is a pandemic which you could see some parallels to the 1980 flu and the economic meltdown that happens. What's interesting is in 1918, when we had the Spanish flu, which wasn't from Spain, instead it was from Ohio, when we had it, we didn't really, we weren't doing modern aircraft, we weren't flying around, and it still turned into a very, very bad thing. Um, with respect to the economic impact of the 1918 pandemic, it's really, it's 100 years ago. Can we really make that comparison? Well, you can on some levels. You know, where the biggest declines were in the manufacturing employment, because we were a manufacturing economy. We're an industrial economy. Now we're a services economy. Um, this economy, this recession would be a lot worse if we were a factory com company economy, um, because people want to be making things. Right now, we just have to hang out until services come back online, which can come back online pretty fast, if need be, or when called upon. The most severely impacted areas of the Spanish flu uh, were areas that were high density and tied towards manufacturing. There was an 18% decline in manufacturing output um, for the states that had what were considered economic means. The declines were persistent. They remained depressed uh, from 1918 all the way through 1923, five years. We've learned stuff about that, how to stimulate economies and how to stimulate workers and whether the solution is worse than the, the problem itself um, remains to be seen. But extrapolating lessons from 1918 to today's COVID pandemic, it's a different world, it's different, it's a global economy. Um, so you have to be very cautious on it, but you could see that it was like it lasted for five years before people really felt comfortable with a rebound. That's a lot of psychological damage. Do I think we'll be flying in the years to come? I do. Do I think it's going to take a couple years to get back up to peak passengers? Probably a couple years for sure. China has a surprising rebound of their manufacturing. Factories shut down, and four months later, their factories are expanding again. That's worthy of note, because I just talked about the pandemic, where it was five years where we shut down before we started really firing back up. Now, the problem with China is their numbers aren't ever as good as they look. They kind of control their image. Um, less and less so because of social media. But they don't want to be known as soft in any way, shape, or form. It's kind of like the United States. I mean, we control our image for sure. And some countries are starting to call BS on us and how we treat our citizens and our college debt and other things. Oh, for the record, CFP Chad Burton, who I'm going to play his segment again in the next segment. He's got a good 
good piece that he put together on the benefits that people will get if you apply for them. Um, you need to get this information. You can get it by email in Chad, chad at newfocusfinancial.com. You can listen to the next segment. But it's a first-come, first-serve uh, situation. And during the segment, I mentioned, Chad, that you know, 10 years ago when there was the financial meltdown, uh, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac started giving really, really good low-cost mortgages. I was like, I refinanced. I took advantage of the downturn. <clears throat> and I, I brought up my dad dying in the segment and like how I turned a very dramatic event in my life into a positive. I hope you can take the last four months, whether it be the COVID or the last 30 days of the stock market, and I hope you can extrapolate it into something better. Um, instead of looking at the negatives, look at the positives. Um, use this as an opportunity to beef up your portfolio. Use this as an opportunity to beef up your retirement. Use this as an opportunity to, to take better care of yourself. So we're learning that the frail, they go down hard with flus and viruses. We didn't know that. We know it now. So learn something from this whole process. American Airlines is taking USAID. And it's going to be interesting to see how the airlines, how we treat them. Because GM and Ford took aid in 2006, 2008, and they paid it back. And they, they made the government money on the loans. Um, and then a bailout doesn't really turn into a bailout. We're like, oh, here's money. Go do whatever you want with it. Um, if the jobs are saved, the taxes continue to go. The employees tend not to join unemployment. They tend not to drain the system. They tend to contribute to it. So the CARES Act, which, again, CFP Chad Burch has put together a nice packet, um, guarantees $50 billion to the airlines. And they're going to be distributed to ensure continuation of essential airline services and protect jobs. A lot of Democrats don't trust Republicans. A lot of Republicans don't trust Democrats. You've got 11,000 commercial jets that are grounded right now. That's about 44% of the global uh, fleets. Um, U.S. airlines don't hedge fuel prices much. So they can't be buying down here at this price, even though they want to. Say, so let's lock in these prices for the next five years. Hedging used to be a really interesting business of airlines, where if they had a guy who could buy, who could short oil at highs and buy it at lows, they were really profitable. It wasn't really about their new stewardesses or their new airlines or their new uh, routes to Bermuda. It was about could they hedge oil prices? Hedging meaning playing it both long and short. Planet, you know, going towards the future is how can we, you know, get the best prices. So hedging not going to be really all that advantageous. Um, Southwest is going to probably pay less for jet fuel in 2020, taking advantage of the plunge in oil prices. It is not missing out as much as investors may expect by having hedged. Oil for delivery in coming months is much more expensive than today's prices. Um, but hedging is really tough to talk about on radio and television, so I don't. I tend not to talk about options because options are have a big tax consequence. And depending on who you are and who your spouse is and what state you live in, you can't really talk about them um, without giving bad advice to some people that are going to take it out of context. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Best Buy is going to be a company that I'm going to be fascinated with in the next couple of months. Um, 
CFP Chadbert and New Focus Financial, they've got you know, 10, 15 employees, and they're doing more and more video conferencing. And every one of them is like, I need a microphone, I need a camera. All of America right now needs a microphone and a camera, and some people need better microphones. John Oliver did his show this week tonight, and he had awesome audio. Everyone should emulate that, but everyone doesn't. And therefore, I think Best Buy is going to be an interesting. It's going to be an interesting COVID eleven, uh, COVID nineteen play. Um, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. You can find me at newfocusfinancial.com. You can get that article by sending an email to Chad, Chad at newfocusfinancial.com. That's Chad at newfocusfinancial.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'd be kind of interested in hearing what you're doing, not over your summer vacation, but over your uh, COVID vacation, uh, your COVID shutdown, your COVID teach your kids how to do fractions. I don't know. Let's find out what CFP Chad Burton has been doing during the COVID crisis. Something tells me it's going to be nerdy and financially oriented. How are you, Chad? Oh, I'm good. You know, I basically have been spending 14 hours a day in front of the computer, getting a workout in, and then passing out of my bed after I eat. That's pretty much been the last couple of weeks, Rob. Uh, lots of active you know, tax loss harvesting, rebalancing, taking advantage of dips when you can. Busy, busy time, that's for sure. Busy, busy, busy. Uh, UConn Cornelius, right? But that's a whole different thing in my head. Um, you put together a package yesterday of kind of life during the COVID bailout, life during the COVID economy. Uh, tell us a little bit about some of the, the specifics that you're thinking these days. Yeah, and I just posted on the New Focus Facebook page. Um, just go to New Focus Financial Group and search for that or go to chadburton.com and click on the Facebook link at the bottom. But um, the two biggest issues are the business issues under the CARE Act or CARES huh? Act. And one is the one that apply as soon as you possibly can, really both of these programs. One is the Economic Injury Disaster Loan and Emergency Economic Injury Grant. Basically, Rob, it's like $10,000 grant if you're affected by COVID. If you're if you need some money as a small business, you got to get on this. There's a link provided on that. And then there's the Payroll Protection Act, which is basically the ability to go out and get two and a half times your 2019 average monthly payroll. So basically two and a half months worth of last year's payroll, and you can use it to pay, keep people on payroll, pay rent, utilities, expenses, and things like that. The issue is, is I think that, you know, I think there's, if I really rough math, I think only about a, a third of the people that are going to apply are going to get it because they just don't, in terms of how much money they are putting out there available for this, um, I think it's about only one third small businesses that will cover. So there'll probably be another round of stimulus when it comes to this and, and programs. So I would get on these two programs as soon as possible if you're a struggling small business owner. And it's great, Rob, because if you're a sole proprietor, a contract worker, and you were making you know 150 grand last year as a married couple filing jointly, which means you get zero, even if you have zero income right now this year or you lost your job, you don't get that rebate check. But you have some options under those two programs that I just mentioned. And finally, um, Diane Feinstein actually has the best Q&A on her website at uh, feinstein.senate.gov um, that has all these Q&A and these great links for individuals and for business owners. It's really the best all-in-one place that I've seen out there, Rob. 
It's pretty interesting stuff. Now, let's stop and say it again. You've put together kind of a packet of information. People can go to newfocusfinancial.com. It specifically gives some ideas on if you're a small business or if you're an independent contractor, some of the things that you should be doing to make sure you kind of get yours, if that's for lack of a better phrase. Um, People can get that at newfocusfinancial.com. How easy is it to find? Uh, Well, right now it's not easy because basically what I've done is sent out an email to all of our clients with links and issues, for example, if uh, for the individual side, one of the biggest ones are for people that are over 70 and a half taking required minimum distributions. They don't have to do that this year. And anything they've taken in the form of a required minimum distribution, they can actually roll back into their IRA within 60 days and wipe out the tax burden from that. Um, so there's a lot of stuff going on. We haven't you know, created this beautiful post about it yet, Rob, because it just passed on Friday. So if you want that email, shoot me an email, chat at chadburton.com, and then I'll provide a link to that uh, page for that Diane Feinstein put out, um, which has even more links to the specifics of what I talk about in the email. Um, but uh, just it's a really interesting I – mean, the rebate checks are, you know, okay, that's fine. It'll help you put food on the table. A lot of people were left out that had a lot of income but now have zero income. But the big one is that it's going to keep these businesses – in place as we do the stay-at-home thing. And now that you can call your mortgage company and say, is this a qualified loan where I can have forbearance and not make payments without it affecting my credit, this is going to be a blip in time where it's going to be the most interesting correction we look at where the financial markets just kind of stop. They didn't implode. Um, they, they just stop. Like, you're not, a lot of people are going to make mortgage payments. They're not going to have a credit. They're not going to make lease payments on their businesses where they rent. Um, and the owners of that property aren't going to have to make payments. It's not going to affect their credit. It's going to be like this point in time that is kind of what happened to that timeline. And then we'll be off and moving again. Things will definitely be different, but um, except for small, a lot of small business, Rob, I think we'll see a V-shaped recovery in a lot of industry. But this is a small business disaster that we have to get people through right now. Sounds good. People can hear a podcast of your show that you put together um, every morning uh, from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. here on AM 1220 KDOW. They can find that podcast at newfocusfinancial.com. I think that's a big question that people have is how am I going to get mine and what's it look like? Because I can go back 10 years ago, the last major economic stimulus package, and I got some cheap government mortgages, which helped. So um, I highly encourage that. Any last thoughts from you, CFP Chad Burton? Uh, the last thought is just if you're a business owner, get on this ASAP because it's going to get real busy with the SBA. The SBA already works very slowly anyways. And that economic one, that $10,000 grant that I mentioned, sometimes you can get that within three days. But, I mean, there's going to be so many people applying in the next day or two, Rob. Get on it. Yeah. what's uh, We've got less than a minute. What's your COVID story that stands out the most to you these days? Ah, COVID story. Um, besides trying to make sure teenagers don't invite people over, that type of thing. And we have an employee that's directly affected with a brother in the hospital. Um, I mean, it's it's tough times, but I think that you know it's it's going to last another month. We all know the news is going to get worse, and a lot of that's priced into the market. And this CARES Act is pretty good for the small businesses for this first tranche of stimulus that small businesses need, but we'll need another one. 
best part about this chat is as soon as we get through the COVID and the news cycle, we're going to go straight in the presidential election cycle. So uh, it's going to be a fun 2020, to say the least, as far as finding stories and financial angles. Thanks very much. You can find CFP Chad Burton at newfocusfinancial.com. You can get a copy of that article by emailing him, chad, at newfocusfinancial.com.